And now, detailing success in PNS Double Black present the Rennie Doyle Podcast, a podcast for blue-collar entrepreneurs. Hosted by the detailer of Air Force One and founder of both Detailing Success and the Detail Mafia, Rennie Doyle. First off, Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, I hope everybody's off to a good start. Is that I've, um, last year was was a challenging year, I think, for a lot of people. And, um, you know, I'm always a guy that I, I love. I love the past. I love the future. I love the now. Uh, I'm doing a better job of living in the now than I was before and just enjoying what we've got going on right now, today, this second podcast. Matter of fact, my phone's over on the other side of the shop. Uh, <laughs> I just, I want this to be a hundred percent. And again, our goal isn't to get a sponsorship to be, you know, we're never going to be Joe Rogan. You know, I'm not him. Don't want to be him. Um, his thing is he's amazing. Um, it's, it's don't compete with that. Don't look at that. And, you know, I just, I am who I am. And I tell you, I tell you what though, his income would be nice. Yeah, yeah, I could live with that. But is he really happy? I don't know. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Probably really is. I still wouldn't mind the challenge of making that work. I wouldn't either. But you know, he's he's got his, you know, you know, timing's everything. We're gonna even talk about that a little bit today. Timing's timing's important, and your own timing, but timing in an industry like my my timing in this industry was pretty much perfect. You know, I came up at a time and like Justin Lobato is pretty much perfect. You know, there's some people that the timing was just right for us to get where we're at. Not saying other people won't do it. They're just going to do it a different way, you know, with a different time and a different message. Yep. But, you know, so my new trigger is glass half full. Anytime I'm thinking negative, instantly, even if I'm aggravated, you know, we came up, you know, we're in the Rose Parade this last, you know, on, on Monday took us a long time to get home. The traffic was just crazy. And there's a couple of times I had to say glass half full, glass half full, you know, just stay positive, just stay positive. And, you know, it's, it's, I, I read a statement and I put it on social media is that I'm in love with being happy. This is the year I'm in love. And I told a few people the last few days that, listen, man, I've got a, I've got a drama meter uh, plugged in now that goes everywhere with me. And the second I pick up people's drama, I'm out. I'm out. I don't, I don't have time for it. I wish you all the best. I, I, I'm here to talk, but not drama. Not rumors, not drama, not shit. I just, I don't want to hear it no more. You know, I just don't, I don't want to be a part of it. Uh, this world's too full of it. I, I don't watch TV for that exact reason. And I definitely don't want it in my, my real life, you know? And so those, those moving ahead, those are the big, the big things I'm working on in, in this year already. And let me tell you, it sounds like, you know, glass half full. What's that mean? As I'm just going to try to always look at the positive, right? I'm going to always try to look at the positive. And I, and I really believe in triggers is that every time you do something, if you, if you start practicing and you've got something in place to correct yourself, it's going to correct itself. But if you just let it boil – it's going to boil down. And you know what You know what a sauce does to a pan when it boils down? It ruins the pan. You know? all the, It goes from a great tasting sauce to black gunk in the bottom of the pan that you just can never get out. You know? And nothing that you, nothing that you ever cook in that pan is going to ever taste the same. I don't want that taste in my life. I just don't. And so, and then the saying, in love with being happy. You know, Ricardo from Utah asked me a year, almost, you know, a little over a year ago, 
do you love yourself? And I can honestly say that the last two years I've really suffered from not doing that. And I can honestly say right now, trying really hard to make sure I love myself and not let anybody disturb that anybody, especially myself. So there's my rant. Well, <laughs> we got a little bit of a break, Chris. There you go. Bob, by the way, Bob Phillips is on. He says, uh, his glass is always half full. Yeah, you got to, you've got to take, and he's right. He is, man. I mean, he's, he's a very forward thinking. He tries really hard to, 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 to make people around him happy and stand out and you know i'm normally that way but i just let some stinking thinking it's nobody else's fault it's my own fault but i've never i've never allowed people in that way and i just can't anymore i mean i'm going to step back or actually i'm going to be a lot more forward it just means that i'm not as soon as i see stuff pop up i'm going to say something and separate i just i just can't i can't at this stage of my life I just can't allow that kind of nonsense. There's too many cool things happening. You know, we, we, we came down through, I mentioned it kind of it's on the list here is that, you know, our unit was in the Rose parade and I didn't put a lot up about it. It was a real personal thing, but I, I told Chris this yesterday, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people there, but they really wanted to be there. And when you really want to be there, you know, to see people waving at you and, and, and shouting out and, and just, the smiles and happiness is it's been a while since I've seen that, those bigger crowds that were just so happy. And, and it really, and here it is in Los Angeles, you know, one of the unhappiest cities in the world is everybody was happy. And it was such a cool thing to witness and to experience from, from the other side, which we probably will never experience again. And so, you know, I, at one point I stopped right at the beginning and um, just took a 360 view and I didn't, I didn't post it on social media because that was my view. And I want to keep that view for me, if that makes sense. And uh, it was just really cool to see people happy. And it was just proof to me that again, glass half full in love with being happy. I think that's a pretty cool, a pretty cool outlook for going into the rest of life, not just a, uh, a year, but the rest of your life, set it up right. You know, you, you, you just mentioned something, how you took that 360 view and you didn't pull your phone out to capture it. Um, that's more important than people think. You know, if, if, you, if you try and soak in that memory uh, just on your own without having to try and save it on some device for later, you're actually more likely to enjoy it and remember it forever. I will. Exactly, you know? Chris. You just nailed it. I sat there several times and just looked around and went, holy crap. You know, I remember coming to this parade and watching it, you know, as a, as a teen and as a young adult and being a happy person, you know, looking out and waving at the people that were in the parade. And here I am, you know, it, um, it was just an opportunity, but the biggest gift was the people. And I didn't want to take and share that with anybody. I, I, I was so happy at seeing people and being able to talk to people because, you know, the, the, we were really lucky. We were up towards the front. And so, but, you know, the parade stopped several times, right? They had breakdowns of the floats. Ours didn't. We didn't have any breakdowns, you know, in front of us. But, you know, things slowed down. They have people. We had a, we had a, uh, uh, an interesting soul uh, that was obviously pretty, 
pretty wigged out of his mind on something, jump into the parade route uh, right in front of us. And, you know, we got horses, right. And um, threw a blanket out, out in front of the horses. So we had, we had some, we had some stops. And what I would do is I'd go up and just talk to people. And, and it was so magical to see people like you'd see people way back, way back on these stands, way back and they're They're sitting there waving and, and you'd point at them and wave and they get so excited because, you know, they're way in the back. Right. And it was just, I don't know, man, it was one of the, it wasn't what I expected. It was a gift to me and I didn't want to share it with anybody. I was already sharing it. You know, my wife was there. That was really, really special to share that with Diane, but we were all kind of like, we were a team, but we're independent, you know, and we were, we were interacting with each other, but I think we're all just soaking it in. At least I was. And, you know, we had eyes on everything we had to, but at the same token, I just took it as a, a chance to, to be in love with a couple hundred thousand people I never met before. And they gave that love back and it was pretty cool. I mean, there's so many amazing being in, in, in the equestrian side, they put us down in this area called the pit and we had the Marines there. It was pretty cool because we had practiced with the Marines and then they, they actually brought their unit in the army brought their unit in the guard brought, you know, our unit in, um, but being among the equestrians and all the different nationalities and genres and it, it, it was a community, you know, and we didn't get much sleep and we worked real hard and um, it was, it was unreal. It was unreal. If you can tell it was, it was just a really, it was a cool life experience and I'm glad I had the opportunity. Very cool. So we had a couple of events leading right up to Christmas, literally just days before. So we did our first coffee coatings and profits up at uh, PNS's headquarters. So Bob and yeah. Dave were there on a, on a Saturday and opened it up. And we had about 25 people there, right? Somewhere right in there. And um, we had a ball. It was a yeah, really we had, we had about 25 to 30 people show up on that day. That was what, the 17th? Yeah. And um, had a good time. It was a little, little chilly. Yeah, it was um, a little cold. You know, if if uh, if you guys can buy some more bead maker because uh, Bob could really stand to put some heaters in that warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we it was it wasn't too cold for me because I was moving around, but you guys that were you know standing or sitting and had to get it had to get frigid real quick. But it was thank goodness we kept it. It's a short event. Anytime that if you guys have a chance, we're going to bring it to the East Coast twice this year. Uh, we're going to be down in uh, in um florida this month uh we're taking it down there we're going to be down in corona uh this saturday doing one so if you're in southern california or close by come on out yeah uh, this uh this saturday is at uber detail in corona yep. california and then on the 30th which is um a couple days after mobile tech ends i think it's the monday after mobile tech ends in florida we're doing another one at miami lux in miami in, well miami lux is in miami yeah. So, so we're, and then we haven't, we haven't set the date yet. We're looking at it, but we're going to try to do one up in New Jersey uh, sometime in spring. And so we'll look at dates there and see if we can't pull, pull it out and see what we can do. And again, it's just a really, I, th I think a lot of people, there's a lot of talented people in the room, a lot of a very successful entrepreneurs. And I, I think it was a real eye opener for all of us. You know, I think it was really fun. Yep. Um, and then we had Christmas dinner, our, our second, annual christmas dinner with detailers down at uber detailing and in, in uh, corona mm -hmm. how many people were there it was over 100 people it was busy 
It was busy. It was, busy. Busy. It, was, it, was awesome. it was definitely more people than I was anticipating, which was good. Yeah, I'd say between 100 and 150 people, and that was with kids. The yep. families came out. The spouses came out. We had, I mean, Carlos and Uni um, did such an amazing job. They have uh, Santa was there. Um, we get we had giveaways. We gave away a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff. And, well, let, and uh, let's let's be honest. If the planning was completely up to us, it wouldn't have been as cool. No, uni has got a special touch. She does. She really does. And Carlos, Carlos, you know, Carlos has to to respond to the needs and demands of uni, which in itself is a talent. So, um, you know, a lot of energy there, a lot of energy. So I think they're going to come up and ski on Thursday. So they were just here yesterday, but they want to come back out. They want to ditch the kids, but we can't tell their kids that. Um, and <laughs> so you know, we, had, we had we had a lot of downtime uh, this last you know, a couple weeks is both of us took some downtime over Christmas and New Year's and you, uh, you sold your van. I did. Um, you know, I decided that, uh, that I want to take the money from the van and reinvest it into, into what I do for you and what I do in this industry. So, uh, I sold it and, um, wow. It went to uh, Ryan Smith of uh, Pro Auto Spa out in Colorado. So he flew out last week on Wednesday. Um, he was in, uh, in, I met him at Burbank Airport. We were there together for about 30 minutes, handed over to him, and he took off to Colorado. Wow. So, Bittersweet but, moment. Yeah, it was tough to, uh, it was tough to watch it drive away. I don't, I don't let go of things easy, especially cars. Yeah. But um, I tell you, you know, simplifying my my life a little bit uh was part of the goal not not just getting the money out of it and um you know freeing up space and and everything else and uh you know i mean i don't do as much detailing anymore um but uh the little bit of detailing i do still do uh, i'm just going to focus on out of my home garage and there just kind of kind of be a private detailer for a few people there's nothing wrong with that so so you know today's topic is the best we can give and and I think this is a really cool, and a lot of people don't understand this topic, is, you know, the best we can give is that, you know, to get something you got to give. And, and, and you know, the Army, it's funny because it's in about – in the early 80s when I was actually a teenager and they were, the, the Army was recruiting, is they had a, a marketing slogan that be all you can be. Uh, and that be all you can be it was – was active an active slogan for the army uh, for over 20 years, 21 years, I think it was. And ironically, it worked so well. They gave a the the the, the marketing agent that came up with it, the army recently, just in the last few years, gave that person the highest army uh, citizen award that we can give That's how well that be all you can be, help them out in the recruiting side of it. So much so that this year they're bringing it back as their key slogan. So it hasn't been active for 20 years. It was active for 21, hasn't been active for 20. And now a whole new generation of soon-to-be soldiers are going to hear that. It's going to be some of the things that convince them to go into the recruiting office and enlist into the Army. And so what's that mean to us is that so many of us, you know, detailing entrepreneurship, business, and period – it's got a lot in common with the army is that you've got to deal with what you're given is that the army can't go out like a corporation and recruit. They do. They, there's some recruiting that goes on for specialized needs and services, but that's usually 
at a different level and, and for different things. They got to take and deal with what they've got. Well, we as entrepreneurs, not all of us have got degrees. Not all of us are financial wizards. Not all of us are marketing wizards. And much like the Army, we've got to develop ourselves. The Army develops soldiers, and we've got to develop ourselves into being all we can be. And that's huge because to, to be all you can be, you've got to be the best that you can give. What can you give of yourself? And not just to customers, not just to society, but to yourself. So let's jump into this is that, um, you know, most people go around in, in their lives and, and they really, I'm going to tell you, most people hit at less than 50% of their true abilities. Um, I think it's much less than that, especially right now, kind of in the, the phase we're in, and, and hopefully it's just a phase of where we're in society is that, you know, a lot of people are fearful, you know, of, of entrepreneurship. They're, uh, they've got a crappy mindset. I know I've, I've, I struggled with that of, 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 of taking and, and kind of not having the right mindset at times. Um, they've got lazy habits. We'll hold them back is they just don't have good solid habits. Um, and, 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 and there's a lot of people these days, I hate to say it, that is that the sense of entitlement, you know, is, is there. And so we just, we have that there and it's kind of holding us back, but these things also, it's not just in business. It's the most, the, the most important aspects of our life is, is our relationships, our career, our businesses, fitness and, and team situations and opportunities that arise is that we're, we're not really we're not really giving it our all. We're not giving it our best in these areas. And it's a shame. And so, you know, the, the best we can give and what that means, you know, we're, we're, we're in a time frame at my age and my fifties is, is I grew up at, I think a, an amazing time because my grandparents went through the great depression and, and my, my grandmother saw her first airplane and her first automobile you got to remember at that time when she was a little girl, she had never, all she had seen is horses and carriages. She had never seen an automobile. She saw an airplane and they were having a, a, a parade. And I believe it was a 4th of July parade in our hometown of Colton, California. And a automobile was in the parade and a plane flew over the plane, the, the parade route. And at that moment, she saw history being changed. Well, I'm lucky enough to where, I heard that story firsthand. That's not a secondhand story. I heard it. But, you know, during America's greatest times where, you know, our young history is that we are right smack in the middle of individual survival mode. And what I mean by that is that I asked this, the Great Depression hit. I asked my grandma this. I said, how did you fare through? And she goes, we weren't wealthy people and we were already self-reliant. You know, we had, we, we, we butchered our own meat. We had chickens. We had our own, our, our own milk. Um, we really didn't feel the great depression that much because we hadn't been reliant on anybody anyway. And she says, you know, we were, we, our, my dad, we weren't, we didn't have a lot of money. We were pretty, you know, not poor because we were reliant on our, but we didn't have a lot of extras and frills, but she said she remembers her dad taking and figuring out that the rich were willing to take and buy milk and eggs and meat. And so right before the great depression hit, is that he had bought this truck, this vehicle, and it was kind of a kind of a car truck. And it was a car, it was, it was a four-door with a little bed on the back of it, uh, an old Ford. 
And, and she said she had pictures, but I've never been able to find them of the truck. When the Great Depression hit, she said, we actually did a lot better because we bartered for fine things that we needed. Uh, we, we had fabric for clothing, everything else, because we had the means to provide meat and, 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 and survival items that a lot of people just didn't have the means of doing anymore. And, and so that generation that raised me is they were survivalists, man. They were hardcore. Um, they came out of, you know, of, 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 of World War One. They came out of the Great Depression. They came out of World War Two. You know, it, it, it's pretty funny that you bring this up because just last night I, I, I posted something that I saw, so I shared it. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting. It was all about perspective, right? And and what you're talking about right now, they 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 brought up the example of somebody born in 1900 and all the things they would have seen up until they were 75 years old or experienced, right? Yeah. And just what you're naming, right? You got you got World War One, the Spanish flu, um, you've got uh, uh, World War Two event. Well, the Great Depression, then World War Two. Um, you had the Korean War in there, the Vietnam War, all that stuff. They saw so much death and so much adversity. Right. Um, I mean, it's no wonder they call them the greatest generation, right? But uh, but it's just pretty interesting, the perspective, because none of us where we're at have dealt with as much adversity as they uh, did in that span. No, and, and not only that, Chris, I mean, the adversity, but look at the birth of the automobile, the birth of the airplane, the, the birth of, of, of communications, telephones television um you know my grandmother was born in 1911 she saw all of that she remembers her uncle going off to world war one she also got to see the birth of the internet i mean she was alive for all this and but yet that woman could survive and we'll talk a little bit about you know the values that she laid down for me is that she was tough man is that there was no she 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 was loving man i knew i was loved but there was no sugarcoating anything you know i've mentioned several times and i'm very i'm very open about it. i was a special ed kid and they were brutal on me and she taught me listen you have a learning disability is we're going to you we're going to get you the help you're not stupid you're not you know the names they called me uh you need to get over this because if you allow them to get into your head is you are going to be the nothing they're saying you're going to be and we know better than that, don't we? And you know what? She was right. I listened to her, and I didn't listen to the other people. But her, she didn't coddle me. Today, in today's world, I think they would have. I think I would have been coddled. I would have been screwed up. Honestly, I just dealt with it. And because I dealt with it, when people made fun of me, there was no value in it because I didn't react. They couldn't get a reaction out of me. Yeah, I just didn't care. And if they went too far, she also taught me to be put tough. They got popped in the nose. Simple as that is that she taught me, listen, if you back down and they won't back down at there's some point, the third time there's three strikes and everything, Rennie. She taught me that too. Three strikes. Trust people twice, not a third time, three strikes. And she says, but if they keep going, pop them in the nose. <laughs> and, and you know, it, 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 in today's world, it's not too acceptable. Right. But we, I grew up tough. I grew up with some challenges, nothing, as you said, nothing like her. She taught me hard work ethics. I didn't sleep in is that I would get done with a football game and the next morning I was up at eight o'clock doing my chore. I didn't mind. I, you know, she knew I needed sleep, but it wasn't oversleep. Um, I carried my weight from a young age, you know, by the time that I was 10, nobody had to tell me what needed to be done. I know what needed to be done. I'd started picking up in, in my, my senses 
is my, my, my common sense and my street smarts were already built. She made sure those were built. And, 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 and I bled. And let me tell you, when you got hurt, and especially her being Italian, Mercurochrome. A lot of people, I want you to look it up, Mercurochrome. It's uh, also called methylate. Now, there's a modern-day Mercurochrome, but it doesn't have the mercury in it. Um, and then also cheap cologne. She always kept, she'd always go to the, what's, what's called a dollar store. Now it was, it was a thrift store back then and she'd get cheap cologne, man. Cause I was, I was uh, like a lot of us, I was, I was adventurous, man. I was constantly cut up. I was I, I don't think I went from the age of three to 30. And even now, I mean, if you look, I've got a, a big old thing on my finger, I'm constantly. And so she would put that mercurochrome or methylate on there. And then if we were out of that, the, the cheap clone would come out. And that was just her answer to it. But even at my darkest hours of kid is I was trained not to let struggles and opinions of others affect me. And there's only been a couple times in my life that it's hit me. And I let people, I let people affect not only who I am, but what I am, but kind of my performance and everything about only, a, only two times I'm 56 is pretty good record, you know, but I, will it happen again? I, I doubt it. You know, I think I think that I'm I'm in a really good spot to where I've kind of learned where where my own threshold is, right? So the habits of giving giving your best, giving you my best, the habits, and this is things that I've been able to witness not just in my own life but people around me. Now these are these are not just billionaires. These these are happy people because I've been around a lot of billionaires in my career, and. A lot of them are miserable, not all of them, but a lot of them are miserable people. So I'm going to tell you this right now is that as a kid in my teens, my twenties, all the way up today, nobody will outwork me. Nobody, nobody's going to outwork me when I, when I have to put, when I have to put it in and there's work to be done and I got to get in there and, and it's mandatory and survival. Nobody's going to outwork me. I don't care how old I am. Nobody's going to outwork me. Um, you know, I will do my best to keep up with the youngest person in the crowd and shine at their level or outshine them. It's, I'm fiercely competitive and proud in my, my work ethic. Um, relationships, you've got to give your best in everything. In, 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 in your personal relationships with your wife, your kids, your spouse, your parents, friends, good friends. Is dreaming, you've got to give your best. Big ideas. Give your best and utilize realities is the big ideas is I can sell myself on these big ideas really quickly as I've aged and matured and my reasoning has matured and my knowledge has, has, has matured. I start realizing what is kind of silly and what's not um, execution. I've had a tendency of hyper concentrating on one goal and think way too simple. And so, you know, that's been a problem, but there's also an old Russian pro proverb. And I just read this just, just, just in the last, during the, you know, the, the, the Christmas break, if you chase two rabbits, you will not catch, uh, uh, you will not catch either one of them. It teaches that trying to achieve two things at once is very unfruitful. in most times is that, you know, the Russian proverb, again, if you chase two rabbits, you will not catch either one is chase a rabbit. Um, as you get wiser and more skilled and you get the right people around you, you're going to be able to execute more because you'll have more people around you, but you yourself still need to be hyper concentrated on that one primary goal. Now those goals are going to constantly change, but bringing the right people around you is hugely important. 
Just financially, this is a stumbling block for so many. Is you've got to get, you've got to give your best financially. You've got to become educated. You've got to become smart. You got to be able to come wise. Know when to spend and when not to spend. Know what's what. Know what is 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 bad debt and good debt. Know know the difference between think like wealthy people. I always say, and it's funny because of probably for the last twenty five years, is I look at something and I go, "Is this tax deductible?" Uh, in my head, I might not say it aloud, but can I find a way to legitimately write this off? And and that's just the mentality of an entrepreneur. And then lastly in this is community. Giving of your time and your resources. Time's the most important element there. Is 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 give giving your best also involves taking and giving back to the community that gives to you. And a lot of people just don't get that, especially in today. My grandmother is a huge supporter of our community. Um, if and, and what I mean by community wasn't like going to the Rotary Club. What I mean by community is the people of the community. When people were hurting, I remember, and Diane's family is the same way. When somebody gave birth, is you fed them. When somebody died, you fed you fed their family. And and she still, we both come from that approach. Is that is is you feed people and i think that's an old school mentality of her family from from oklahoma and and then and then our family you know from our town is that's what you did you took care of the people in your community now what's a community well first off it's local it's your family second off it's where you live third off it's your industry you know and and then lastly it's your friendships um next on to this is 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 roadblocks is that <laughs> this is a big one i'm only going to go into a couple of them uh, because one of them is quite, we've got subcategories underneath here is, man, executing when I was small is you need to grow into your business and your success at a natural pace. So many people don't understand this in, in the real meaning of this is that there's a, there's a natural flow to growth and success. And we, you can see, you can see these companies that hyper grow, not all of them, but especially people with modest backgrounds um, is that they'll hit this, this growth mode and they'll just keep pushing that growth mode at very unnatural levels. And in my own case, I did that a couple of times and it kind of backfired. I was able to, you know, get out of it, but you know, it would bring on a lot of debt, you know, growth. A lot of people don't realize this thing. Oh, a lot of money, but you know what growth cost too is growth is expensive. Growth is, is it's, you've got to know your numbers. And as you grow, a lot of times your margins will, will be affected. The amount of, that you're going to keep is going to be affected. Also, your tax rate is you, if you're bringing people on is that's an astronomical cost of paying, you know, for benefits and, and paying wages and taxes and all these different things that you got to pay into when you have staff. And so executing big when you're small, it could be a roadblock. Kind of go at a natural pace. Um, I'm not saying not to be aggressive. I'm just saying you need to know when to grow and when to kind of sit at a plateau for a little while and, and adjust to that, that, that area is make sure you've got the right team in place. Make sure that you've got your finances in place, do less, do more with less for a little while. So many people gobble up real estate, so to say, and then they get in trouble as they look at it. You know, the trend has been big shops, big shops, big shops. My, 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 my outlook was different because of the way I came up and because I executed too big a couple of times and had setbacks, as I said, we're going to do, we're going to do much more with a little. 
And our shops were very modest. And yeah, we'd have to squeeze and sometimes it was inconvenient. But when the economy, so you got to remember, this is probably the longest we've gone with such a robust economy in the history of our country, I believe. Maybe, maybe after the war, maybe post-World War II, um, we probably had a pretty long boom, maybe even longer than this one. But I think definitely in my lifetime, this is the longest we've gone with just, I'd call it a boom. It's really, most people have done very well. And our town is testament to that, is we're in a resort community. You can't even move here right now. You can't, you can't get through the streets. You can't, get, you can't rent an Airbnb or, or hotel room uh, Thursday through Sunday. You just can't get it. It's not going to happen. So it's still, while the economy is cooling, people sure don't seem to be doing it. But again, what worries me there is, are they executing big when they need to be thinking smaller? And then another roadblock is your mindset is this is a big one. And this is something that I have a lot of empathy for with people is because this is something I've really, really struggled with is that is you've got to believe in yourself. And I always knew I could do it, but I didn't always think I deserved it. So I want, I want to say that again. I, I always, I wanted it and I knew I could go make it happen, but do I really deserve this? And, and that's, that's sabotage thinking. That was horrible. And boy, I, I didn't have it for too long, but I want to tell you in the early days of my, my life and my career is, especially as an entrepreneur, is that stinking thinking got in my way a lot. And I'd say the last 20 years, I haven't had to worry about that. Um, but you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to be able to be mentored. You've, you've got it. I mean, a lot of people talk about it, but do you really listen? And I'm going to tell you what most people do is they go and, 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 and I've mentored a lot of people and the majority of them do this. They ask for input, you give it to them, they do the dead opposite. And then I don't mentor them anymore. Because if you're not going to respect my input and you're going to go out and damage yourself and now you're asking for a bailout, you know, not, not financially, just God, how do I, I don't have time. I don't have time. And so if you're going to take in and, and ask people, or if you're being naturally mentored, people are just naturally helping you and you're kind of stepping on their toes by not taking the advice and you get yourself in a bad spot, do not go back to them and ask them how to get out of that or do it, but do it once. Because remember, three strikes, man. On the third one, you're gone. Be I just trained. had that. I just had that conversation with my wife yesterday. You know, most people, when they come to you for advice or they want your recommendation or whatever it is, they're really just looking for validation of a decision they've already made in their mind. You know, they're not. Absolutely. Their intention usually isn't to follow your advice. <laughs> no, you know it. It yeah, and, and you know I've gone back to I've got really I would say three three or four major really important mentors. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like hundred thousand foot mentors, people that are just really been there, done that very wealthy, um, live a life that I think is a, a, is a charmed life. That's a good life. Um, and, and when I reach out to him exactly that I'll clarify. And one of them kind of chewed me one time. He goes, okay, when you come to me, I need to know, I need to know one of two things. I said, okay, what, are you validating what you're thinking? Or are you asking me for my direct input? And now what we've gotten to do with all of them is that I'll say, okay, this is what I'm thinking. This is the circumstance. This is what I'm thinking. Where am I off or am I on target? And that works really well because we get to the point um, I've gotten smarter through their advice and it's really, really worked well. So right on the heels of that is be trainable. You know, is that 
a lot of people don't know that is that, you know, I always say this is to be a great leader. You got to be a great follower. And so at this age, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm 83 and like, like all my mentors that are gone, you know, I mean, because I trust them so much. I mean, at that point, I mean, I, now I, I, I mentor a lot more people than I get mentored by and, and it's reversed now. But I believe your whole life through is you need, you know, even when my mom was passing away, she was mentoring me on death and it sounds crazy, but she was telling me the things that her regrets and her shortcomings and what she was feeling at the end of life and all these different things. And man, I took it in. I mean, I took it in and honestly, it, it really changed my life um, and my outlook. And, you know, my goals is, is, uh, you know, she, she said something amazing. She goes, Randy, the happiest I've ever seen you be in your entire life is when you're donating your time to good causes. And she says, you know, you get, you got to get back to that point to where you're giving of others. And it's not about you. It's about you giving your time. And she goes, you, you, you've always been your happiest as that. And that's resonated with me since she said those words. And so you've got to be, what, what was my mom doing? And she was mentoring and training me at the same time. Um, with that, you got to check your ego, man. You've got it. You can't let your ego run out of control. But on the same token, you can't be weak. And that, that's a balancing act for a lot of people. And, and especially, you know, type A entrepreneurs is that forward charging, hard charging, looking ahead, you know, going after it hard, you know, big time. Eesh, you know, that's, that's pretty tough, right? And so, you, you know, you, you, you can't leave your ego. you got to use your head and your brain, and, uh, but still not be weak. Um, and then lastly is, is your mindset is have empathy, but be careful who you trust and who you bring into your, your you know, we've, I, we call it circles in our lives. And one of my mentors explained this to me years and years ago is that he's got three circles. Is he's got his inner circle is his family, his kids, and a couple of really close friends and that's it. He said, the next circle out is that he's got his closest, closest allies and friends and some distance family. And the next circle out is the rest of the world. And I thought that was really interesting. And, 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 and I've always remembered that. And I thought it was kind of strange, but as you get to different platforms in your life, you can see that's so important not to ever, he says, I endorse and I embrace everybody, but there's, you control the door of who you let into those inner circles and you got to be careful with it. And I get that more now, you know, but you've also got to have empathy for the entire world of, of people who are struggling. Everybody's fighting their own battles, right? I mean, life is, life's not easy. I, I think it was uh, Steve McQueen that said it, you know, chase after life hard because, you know, it, life's going to constantly try to kill you, you know, and, and it's kind of a, if you know anything about Steve McQueen, he was, you know, adrenaline junkie and he, man, he chased it. It was just like, you know, we, we, uh, Ken Block just passed away, you know, rest his soul is that, you know, you talk about a guy that Chris and I were talking about offline is, you know, he probably lived a hundred people's lives in one year of his, you know, with the stuff he did. And, you know, he, 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 unfortunately, you know, um, passed away chasing, you know, chasing down, having fun. And, uh, you know, on a snowmobile and it's sad, but the guy influenced, I mean, everybody from, I mean, him and I are real close in age, less than a year apart, but his influence was 
generational. It was people, I mean, my kids know who, my youngest kids and their teens know who they are. Um, uh, you know, people in their 60s and 70s and 80s know who he is. And so, um, boy, you talk about a guy that made an impact. And 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 as Chris and I are saying, can you imagine his, fam his family, his team? I mean, everybody's just so devastated. How, how, do, how do you move on without a light like that in your life? You know, I mean, that was a bright light. I mean, that was a really bright light. And, uh, but man, he, you know, we all need to shoot for that of living just such an amazing life and being so connected and valued and, uh, guy's going to be missed in a big way, but it'll never be forgotten. Um, our sense of entitlement, I talked about this earlier is, is insane right now is that it's just, it's, it's not young people either guys. It's, it's every generation that's alive right now is the entitlement is spread throughout. It's not all people. But, boy, I'll tell you, a lot of people just feel entitled to be successful. And I'm here to tell you is that it's not going to happen. Your entitlement, you're going to have to earn every single bit of this. And anything that's given to you is probably going to be challenged at some point, is that you got to earn it. Um, you know, the best we can give um, changes as we grow. You know, as, as we grow, as we learn, as we mature, as our life experiences a kind of uh, blossom, is that – it all changes. And with that, you've got to take and give your best, but never forget to better your best. You've got to better your best constantly. You've got to educate your best. You got to mature your best. You've got to appreciate your best. And then I always tell this, I've said it a million times is revisit your best. And for me, I like to make that 10 year old kid that I was at one point smile. I like to be back to him every once in a while I like to visit him on a weekly basis, make sure he comes into my life and approves of the fun factor that I'm doing in life and uh, how I'm hanging with my friends and what, what our friends are doing. And so make sure is I can't remember who it was, but once the kid in you dies, you're basically dead. And I'm saying the quote completely wrong and we'll have to look it up at some point. But make sure that kid in you stays alive because that's the fun part of life and why we work so hard. So, Chris, that's what I got. So, you know, I'm kind of excited for uh, when I was looking at this, that this, to think the uh, be all you can be from the Army uh, is coming back. That was one of the kind of fun factors of doing this podcast today. But uh, I think it's a great way to kick off our first uh, podcast. We can't wait to see uh, all of you down at Mobile Tech that will be attending. For those that yep. haven't been or can't quite get there yet, um, make it a goal. It's an amazing, amazing event. And when you get into a financial spot to where it's beneficial and, and won't hurt you, we'd love to see you down there. Yeah. And, uh, if you are going to mobile tech, um, you know, we, we brought this up, uh, last podcast, but education day on Thursday, uh, you're going to be in three different places that day. Uh, you're going to be in a Rupes round table with Jason Rose and some other guests. And then at one o'clock, uh, you're doing a, a presentation, and uh, I'm trying to think of the topic. It's on the top of I, it's it's gone out of my head. But anyway, uh, it'll be cool. Mine and too. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, compounding, uh, compounding customers. There you go. That's right. Compounding, compounding clients. Customers. Yep. Um, and then uh, four o'clock, you're doing the keynote. That was a huge one. Is be unbeatable, you know, or unbeatable, you know, is that a lot of the, what you've heard today is the foundation of that, of being, you know, of unbeatable is that, you know, you've got to feel that way. And if you're an entrepreneur, you got to be able to back it up. But if, when you have a mindset and you've got a plan that's unbeatable, you are unbeatable. 
is that, you know, mine has always been very realistic and it nat- that natural pace of growing has, I won't say all the time, but probably at least 90% of the time has been, I've hit that. But uh, yeah, we, we're excited about that. We're really excited about the opportunity to come by and see us at the PNS booth. Um, we're going to be there in a big way and showcase some of our new products that some of you haven't seen yet and talk shop and all that good stuff. So we'd be happy to see you there. And, uh, and uh, we- you know, de- Detailing Success and the Detail Mafia are going to have a booth uh, for the same- first time ever. Did you just see the Detail Mafia booth won a contest with Mobile Tech? <laughs> we had the most... Uh- <laughs> We had the most uh, registrations that used our, our our unique registration link for the event, and yeah, uh, cool. you know having yeah. having the the detail mafia in our pocket probably helped a little bit. But you know we we told the mafia to sign up using that link, which was what we were supposed to do. Yep. So we <laughs> uh, we won a little competition. So it tells you pretty proud of that. So hey, come by. Uh, you know the mafia is going to be doing some special. The membership they're going to be doing some special things for the for the industry. Some reach outs some education right at the booth. And um, we just want to help push all of us forward, you know, the whole industry. So we're going to be right across the, uh, the aisle way from the IDA, uh, great partners. Um, the mafia is very, very much supportive of the IDA. Uh, and so we're really excited about that. But with that being said, I got to go pick up a pup from the vet. That's having a little procedure real quick. So yeah. I will uh, guys, gals, happy 2023. Let's kick it off. Make it a good year. And remember, again, slogan, glass half full, love yourself. Be in love with being happy. We'll talk to you all soon. Take care, all. Thanks for listening to the Rennie Doyle podcast, brought to you by Detailing Success and PNS Double Black. Listen to new episodes weekly. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to share with your friends and colleagues. 